Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away we're back i think it's episode 69 69 69 weeks of podcasting can't even believe it numbers can't even believe it oh of course you'd go there (laughs) i didn't say 80s 80s kid it's just a cool number to have oh yeah uh uh-huh sure oh um so oh yeah stupid fact yeah stupid fact got it fact so i'm not going to give out my full license plates but i got government issued license plates on my truck and the numbers on there are 69 69, double 69 double 69s dang somebody's gonna be driving around looking for that they're gonna see it in your driveway and i know people usually ask me is like did you what does that mean i'm like Nothing. I just got issued that. So. What does that mean? Well, if you need me to explain it to you, then we're going to have to go back to my eighth grade hilariousness because that's how it works. Well, it's a double six. I'm, not I don't, sure. I'm just my mind has just gone to a place. Double 69 is like one leg up over. So we're like wrapped around in a circle. I don't even know. 
I don't know, man. Let's not roll that. <laughs> anyway, HR eighteen oh eight passed the house by some weird like. Do you understand what they did? They did something goofy because they weren't supposed to be able to bring it to a vote, but they passed some pre-vote bullshit so that they could bring it to a vote. I don't know. I didn't get that. Oh, I, they passed like some three something something three, and because of that, they were able to bring it to a vote, and they weren't sp- really supposed to bring it to a vote yet. Yeah, I just I don't get the whole the way this fucking government shit works. Well, yeah, I mean it. it technically, it passed the house, but if you look at how it it passed the house, but two Republicans voted for it, and then you had a handful of uh, Democrats voted against it, in which you know by the time it gets to the Senate, it's going to be a while. It might not even be until the next election, and it's not going to pass the Senate if it's that close. So I'm not. And plus, when you look at the, they got to reword that thing. It really doesn't apply to anything. So the way that it's written, I sat down and I tried to read it. And if you guys have ever sat down and actually tried to read the way a bill is pushed through it, like it's, it's legal jargon, right? A lot of it is legal jargon. But it's, so, it's so loose. It's, that it's so gray. loose that it do, doesn't even really specify what is done with firearms that are in circulation now. Well, they're. It semi talks about grandfathering. It talks about grandfathering. It doesn't define what a high capacity magazine is, but it keeps referring to saw. At first, when I saw, I was like, saw, really? You're just going to take the saws out? Sure, I don't care. Those things are shitty anyway. But uh, it's semi automatic assault weapons, which there's no definition for that. I mean, I don't have any semi automatic assault weapons. I mean, I don't have anything that's assaulted anybody. Yeah, it's and the definition is like it it got interesting. If it was over 50 ounces production weight, if it held a magazine or a detachable magazine that could be more than a certain amount, if it had more than one of these things and it was like pistol grip, adjustable stop. It's like just so fucking vague that yeah. I, I know that on their list, right, it was like 16 page list of of guns that listed by name. And there's like some pistols on there, just some regular pistols. Oh, yeah. And there's shotguns on there, too. Yeah. So it's it's just trying to placate to a certain group of people prior to midterms. And I think it's going to backfire on them like everything else that they've been trying to do. I I honestly I hope it does. But the weird thing that we just all want to ignore is like I brought up in the last podcast. There is no ability to actually implement this on criminals, which the criminals are the problem, right? Like you and I having any of these guns is not a fucking problem. It's the guys in downtown Chicago that are shooting up barbecues. You know, it's those are the people that are problem. It's the people that already are going to break the law. And it's in the word that the definition of a criminal is someone that is willing to or has broken the law. So if they're already going to break the law, it doesn't matter if you write more laws because murder is illegal. Right. Killing people is illegal. It doesn't matter if the weapon that you're using is illegal. So their idea is right. And I see what they're there. This is a big problem with kind of the left, but mostly with both sides is the idealism right is they live in an ideal world so their idea is like if perfectly implemented 
all none of these guns would be in circulation so that criminals wouldn't be able to get their hands on them. Well, yeah, that's great in theory. In a realistic world, it's the same as everything else. It's the same as drugs. It's the same as, you know, prostitution. It's the same as all this shit that's illegal, but you just have to be a little bit under the underbelly and anything is easy to get. Yeah. Yeah, it's you can't legislate evil when it comes down to it. But if you really think about it, I mean, all this legislation that always pops up, always close to elections, whether it's midterms, whether it's presidential election, is just there to pander to a crowd, just to emotionally charge up people and to divide groups from groups. Um, yeah, and going back to I mean, what you said, people are going to break the law no matter what. It's like in our town, in the last week, I had this gripe, and this is probably my rant for the week. And, and you know, okay, you can't say it because you're a white person. But because I'm not white, I'm going to address this issue. So 90% of the people that drive down Main Street in our road, and they had to adjust the, the speed limit on the Main Street. They had to lower that because people are flying like 50, 60 miles an hour carelessly, I mean, down Main Street. And this week, it's like nonstop. Every time I go to the gym, I got to take Main Street. And there's people, it's nine times out of 10. It's always a vehicle that either has uh, the temporary plates on, no plates. So I'm guessing, and it's probably bad Or Illinois plates. Yeah. But I'm guessing these people moved up from Illinois. And yeah, I mean, the demographic is, yeah, 90% were black that don't care. And the other 10% was, is always some female that well, is on their phone. There's, there's also a big group of, just dumbass kids of all color, right? Like it doesn't matter what your race is. A 17 year old, 18 year old, yeah. 19 year old kid, they drive like fucking idiots but because so- they are, they, they really only give a fuck about themselves. Yeah. And that's, yeah, part of the group is young people, but a majority of them weren't. I mean, these were adults that were driving these cars. There's a big problem but- with people parking in handicap too. You notice that people that pull up and park in handicap parking. No. I almost like I'm at the point now where I want to like put a a hidden Wi-Fi camera at Woodman's to just watch the the uh, handicap parking, like just hide it on the corner of the building high enough that nobody can see it. Yeah, years ago, my son told me that people were doing uh, watch it and I want to record it. And then I want to and then I want to like start a social media page of like dipshits that park in handicap and then just like post their license plate, post post pictures of them and just have it everywhere. Where it's just all these assholes that pull up and park, just shame these people that pull up and park in handicap parking because it's the same thing. It's people that are it's it's sociopaths. It's people who are really only one hundred percent concerned about themselves and do not give a shit about anyone else. Right. That's the same people that are driving like fucking idiots. It's the people that you know. My neighbor's car got stolen last night, two nights ago. You know they they it's the car shoppers, right? They go through and they but they went in their house, so they hit their garage door. Right. Because somebody didn't lock their car. First problem that, you know, the, right. the dad or the or the mom didn't lock the car. They open the garage door a quarter of the way so that it doesn't doesn't make the noise to go all the way up. They roll under the garage door. They go in the house. They get the keys for the cars and then they come out Well, the dogs started barking and woke the mom up. So the mom comes down. She looks around. She looks out. Her car's in the driveway as she turns around to go back to bed. Her car starts up and drives away. Ooh. Yeah. That's, and that's a that's insane. a. That's a gross feeling when you know they're in your house. 
Yeah. That's a real gross feeling. Yeah. I've known a few people that, you know, even the assistant fire chief in town, same thing happened. But the problem is, you know, you leave a, leave a crack, they're going to go a mile and go in your house and find whatever they can. So I have this, I, I've, I've been thinking my, my brain is deceiving is, is mischievous. Right. So I've been thinking about how you're going to you rob them, your set neighbors. it up. What? No, I'm not going to rob my neighbors. No, no, no. My, oh, no, way worse, yeah. way worse. Go ahead, so yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to set up. Um, so they have these, they have all these alarm systems, right? And they're, they're basically just made off the simple window alarm where if their two pieces are next to each other, the, the circuit is closed, but when the other piece goes up, so let's say it's on your garage door or it's on your, or it's on your door into your house, when these things go, when they come apart from each other, so you got one piece on a stationary part of your door frame and one piece on your door. And when they come apart, the circuit is broken and it sends an alarm signal. Yeah. And you can, if you, as creative as you can get, you could wire these things up, right? So my thought is I'm going to order one and I'm going to put it, I'm going to empty my Honda Pilot out, completely empty it out. No, nothing in it to steal. I'm not going to have a, a garage door opener in it or anything. And I'm going to leave it unlocked next to the drop off on my driveway. So they have to come to the driver's door. Right. And I'm going to put this thing on the driver's door and then I'm going to wire it up to like spotlights around my driveway and do a big siren on the on the front of my house. And so when they open that door, the minute that it opens, spotlights turn on and the siren just starts going. And then my brain starts going. I'm like, what else could I make this thing do? Right. Because there's all these different <laughs> cool electronics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you get on Newegg, there's all these different cool electronics you yeah. can get. Right. And I ordered this. It's a power strip. But the way that the power strip turns on and off is when it senses any sort of electronic signal, it turns the power strip on. So as many things as you can plug into this, when that siren goes off, you just wire from that siren hot wire down yeah. to this thing. It would sense that and it would turn any amount of electronics on. <laughs> so I'm like, what could you make that sounded like gunshots, right? Like, could you make a, a pneumatic, um, like an air tank that has some sort of a pop, 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 pop that sounded like gunshots? <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, no, uh. what you do is you put like uh, some sort of like confetti, like sticky confetti sh cannons on the top of the car where it like shoots out these, you know, sticky confetti things that stick to your body and you aim them at right where you're going to open the door. So the minute that thing goes off, it fires this sticky ass confetti and you can spray it with like skunk spray. So they smell like smell like shit. Right. And then I'm like, wait, uh, no. Yeah. Then my then I got really bad, which this one I wouldn't do because I'm afraid I would actually kill somebody. But what if you had a net? Right. And have you ever seen those wakeboarding um, uh, motors where they put it on the other side of a short lake and the, and the motor, it goes so fast that it pulls the wakeboarder across the lake. It's yeah. basically like a wench, but it's like a wench on steroids. Yeah. Right. So my thought is if you hooked one of those in the tree above the car, but then you had a net on the bottom. So right when that door opens, it activates that thing and it closes this net and pulls them and pulls them up into the tree. Okay, that's, that sounds like a mix, but you ever watch Mark Rober on YouTube? Oh, yeah, I love it. That's, the, I, uh, I'm the, channeling the my bomb. inner. Yeah, I'm channeling my inner Mark Rober. Yeah, you got between that and you got some Vietnam movie uh, <laughs> Kenji sticks. Dude, can you imagine you're like a 17, 18 year old kid and you're just out checking cars? You know, you fucking this is you do. This is your Friday night. You think you're cool. And you just got <laughs> into a tree. In a cargo net in a tree like, hmm, it's not a bad idea. Right. It's kind of this home alone thing to uh, get the gunshots. Yeah. But let's go back so that people don't think I'm like a, you know, racist MFer. So the reason that I stated that there's a demographic to that crime prior to us getting into a crime discussion is because there's a lot of complaints from that community saying that, oh, well, we just get pulled over. 
they're always just targeting us. And if it was Asians, I'd say the same thing about Asians. But the thing is, guess what? If you don't break the law, you don't get pulled over. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to take this to the TSA. Remember 9-11? With 9-11, there was a certain demographic that basically set that up, right? So, but the thing is, we created a blanket security for everybody. But, and all these people are like, well, you know, now you were targeting all the Middle Easterners. I'm like, no, it's, it's not. If, if there's like a bunch of Asians that did some massive, you know, crime or massive murder, wouldn't it, when people start being like, ooh, I got to watch out for Asians, it's just a psychological. So here, here's the, here, here's the interesting thought about, um, generalizing or targeting or what's the other word for it? Um, yeah, it's not stereotyping, but it's uh, you group them in your head, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, I can't think of the word. You think of the word while I'm talking about it. But uh, the interesting thing here is, is the reason our the reason reason we do this is because the way that our brains work is our profiling. Profiling, yes, yes. profiling. Profiling is a profiling is a an energy hack for our brain because if we were looking for a specific action in every single person that we crossed, it would be really extremely difficult and energy inefficient for our brain. So what we do is we profile and profiling in itself is not the problem. The problem is, is how the group you're profiling is then treated after they have been profiled. So if you profiled every brown skin, Middle Eastern person and then were very cordial and proper and they had to go through something, you know, a little bit more of a pain. But it that would be totally different than if you profiled against those people and then treated every one of them like shit, even though one out of a million is a fucking criminal. Right. Correct. And so that's where we need to get better on the other end. Yes. Profiling criminals is a beneficial thing. But you have to understand that then treating the people that you profile all positively and equally until you have a reason not to needs to happen also, because that is the backside of how profiling can still stay positive because you do you profile, right? Like right. you, you, you are looking part of for situational awareness. You aren't looking for, you know, 2019 red non-tinted windows dodge caravans when you are looking i don't they even make a dodge caravan anymore i don't know i'm I'm pulling that one out of my ass but anyways when you're looking for drug traffickers right like you're not it would be a great vehicle to use if you wanted to traffic drugs because nobody's looking for it but right but that's not what you're profiling you're profiling specific looks specific types specific vehicles Right. Like there's a reason why there is like a top 10 stolen vehicle. Right. And then when you know the top 10 stolen vehicles, you can look at the top 10 stolen vehicles as far as a profile. Like this is all energy systems in our brain and the way our brains work. We are wired to do this. Yeah. I mean, in the, you know, alphabet soup uh, organizations, I mean, it's it's what you do to start situational awareness or start an investigation is you have to basically create a baseline from the data. So if I was to go into Chicago, there's a demographic that's high crime, right? So obviously when I encounter certain situations area with those, that specific, you know, type of person, yeah, then you have to basically treat it as they're, you got to be cautious until proven not. 
if I was an Overwatch shooter at a at a local parade, what would I be doing? I would be profiling 16 to 25 year old white males. Yeah, based on data. Based on data. Exactly. But, you know, my message to the, you know, the black community, to Hispanic community, to the Middle Eastern community, to the Asian community. I mean, if there's situations where that data creates a baseline for your group, there's only two ways that you can react. You're going to react. One is a victim, which is what's been happening. Or two, you're going to say, well, I'm going to take some ownership that when I'm out in public, that I'm going to make sure that I show people that, hey, you know what? There's a lot of us that we're, we're not that way. I'm going to go out of my way to prove that because I represent part of that group, no matter whether I like it or not. I can't pretend that I'm not Asian. So if there's an Asian crime or criminal spree going on, then I'm going to go out of my way to, to prove to, to, you know, prove to you white people or actually prove to everybody that, Hey, I'm not that threat. And I'm going to start some, an organization to help stop that with my group, create some accountability. And a step above that is even holding the people around you accountable, right? Like if, oh, yeah. if there is, an, I mean if there is an Asian crime, right? Like, and you're with it, you're with your group of friends and, and the cop pulls you over and you're it's a car full of, you know, Asian dudes and you're, and, and he's starting to, you know, he's starting to get questionable and you got two of the dudes in the car that are like, man, you just pulled us over. Cause we're Asian. You like, you look at him and you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Give, give There's the- no reason. Do not, do not, do not fill in, feed into this stereotype that then is going to make this worse. Right. Because basically, if you're going to resist, it creates a worse situation like you're saying. But you know what? Give, make it every opportunity, even if that officer is a very part of the low percentage that you know, mishandles the situation. Guess what? You can always take care of that later in the court of law. But you, know, you make yourself, you know, give yourself every bit of evidence that you didn't do anything. You know, make sure you got your license out, your insurance papers out, and your hands on the steering wheel. Don't resist. Don't talk back. There's there's no benefit to it. But the problem is that's what's happening now. There's just no respect at all. And the guys that I talked to, you know, I got a buddy that's retiring from police force, you know, up north of here. And he's like, yeah, they're so short. They're just, they're scraping for people. And the only way to become more comfortable in those situations is to be in the situation handle it properly and build that trust in you being able to handle it and in someone else reacting properly. Right. Like, for example, we got pulled over on the way out to shoot prairie dogs. All of us were carrying. We all had guns on us. Right. And the cop comes up and it was a really weird situation because that is the first time I'd been pulled over when a cop asks when he when he asks, is there any, you know, you guys got your rifles, but is there any other firearms in the in the truck? You know, and that minute like that that triggers some sort of a reactionary mechanism in your brain yeah and the driver's like yeah you know i got my two pistols in the console i'm like yeah you know i got my pistol on me and he's like okay sounds good guys just leave those in and you know whatever whatever i don't even know what he said but he handled it very properly and it was like until he handled that that way it it created a reaction in me emotionally like i didn't i didn't think about it but it created an emotional reaction a defense mechanism in me where I'm like, fuck, do I tell him? I don't know. Do we, do we not say anything? Like, if you don't say anything, you're lying. You know, or you know what I mean? If you, yeah. if you lie to him, you're lying. And it was, and it was handled properly. And it makes me feel more comfortable for that situation in the future. When you get asked that question. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, for our listeners, I mean, this is something that, you know, I prepare for and I talk to my kids about is, okay, just you have to have everything that you need, checklist items in the vehicle. And, you know, eventually you're going to get pulled over because, I mean, I got lead foot too. So, but you have to think about walk through that situation of what you're going to do. It's kind of like muscle memory, right? So that way, you know what, you get pulled over. What's the first thing you're heart starts racing when you see the cherries behind you and you're like, oh shit. And your first thing you want to do is argue. I wasn't speeding officer. Yeah. But you know, you have to forego all that and just make sure that you have a specific, you know, checklist or process of how you're going to react so that when he gets the the window, the windows are ready down. You're pulled over as far as you can. You got your insurance papers easily accessible. You got your CCW, you got your uh, driver's license. If you don't have CCW, it doesn't matter. And then you let them know right away, hey, I got my CCW, I got a pistol either in the, you know, um, my center console or strapped or on my, you know, firearm magnet, you know, right there. But keep your hands up, please. And don't make any quick yeah. movements. Yeah. Oh, it's right here. And then you grab it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to get <laughs> shot. It's a really good way to get shot. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, that's let that be a lesson. I mean, it's everything. We just live in this world today where you have to do this, where unfortunately you have practice. It's like when I tell you about my my 10 year old and I, we work to clear the house together. It's just state of the world today, which is kind of leads into what we're talking about today is the shit that you state don't think, of the world. <laughs> shit that you don't think would have oh happened 10 years ago. And so live so where now. the idea for this podcast came from is actually my first my first point on my list of ridiculous shit. Right. I was walking in to the grocery store. No, Walmart. I had to go get antifreeze. By the way, Dex Cool antifreeze is up to like twenty dollars a gallon. Good Lord. Oh, really? Yeah. I hope you don't mess up and have to reflush that thing again. Anyways, I'm oh. walking in and there is legitimately ten plus cars. In the online grocery pickup, and there's Walmart employees with carts full of groceries loading them into the back seat of cars. Oh, and I'm talking yeah. one guy's truck. Like this is a 27, 28 year old, completely competent male with his, you know, Diopresse Libre sticker on the back of his truck. You know, like this is a completely normal dude like i see in his truck and he's just sitting there on his phone while the walmart employee is loading his groceries into the back seat of his <laughs> freaking truck and i'm thinking 10 years ago if you would have told me that you would buy groceries on an app and you wouldn't even go in to pick them up right like you would pull in honk the horn or hit a button on your app and the employee brings them out in a cart and personally loads them into the back seat of your car I would have told you you were insane. There's no way we're that fucking lazy. Yeah, that would make sense for somebody that's handicapped, for old people, <laughs> for moms that want to leave the kids in the car. Yeah, okay. You know, they don't want to leave the kids. They don't want to take the kids in. I get it. Like, maybe it'll happen a little bit. No, no, no. People waiting in line to pull into the grocery pickup spots. That's yeah. where the idea for this podcast came from was ridiculous shit that if you told us 10 years ago, we would have laughed at you. Yeah. Laughed. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Instacart, which nobody yeah. would have thought would be this would be something. Have you ever seen Wally? Oh the, yeah, yeah. Big lot. That's the big by and large. No, by and large is no, the no, Wally. By and large is the company. No, the, the Walmart esque company in, in Wally. Oh yeah. Oh it is? Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't even know. Uh, yeah, it's called by and large. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the company that owns the whole world. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, basically, you see how people turn out. People turn out to be, you know, and these whatever hover hover chairs and they're so insanely overweight and the one dude falls out of the hover chair and he can't get back in yeah and then they got to call for a robot to uh, get him up i mean that's what instacart is kind of doing i mean i pulled up instacart right now and you can get deliveries to 12 different stores locally within an hour so if i decide to order groceries um anything from walgreens um i wonder how much i can make delivering shit to people can I, because right, the people have to do it. I see them; they come to my neighbor's house. Yeah, like oh, Instacart was founded uh, ten years ago, exactly. Oh, so if you would have pitched me that idea ten years ago, I'd be like, "You're high." And you know, uh, they hit their obviously 2020. They hit their uh, top revenue. Well, yeah, 1. clearly 1.5 billion. Americans are really fucking lazy. <laughs> Did you, wow did you just write that yeah i just wrote it i'm a i'm a musical i'm a musical musician master oh next one goes right along with this and then i'll let you get i'll let you get one in here did you know that you can get gas station food from quick trip delivered with eat street you can get no. shitty gas station food that people only want to eat because they're at a gas station you can order it with eat street and get it delivered right to your front door Really? Where'd you find that out? Uh, it was on there. It was on their sign. We deliver with Eat Street. Really? Yes. You can get that shitty stuff that's sitting on a yes. hot dog roll. So if you're not in hours? Wisconsin, you don't know what Quick Trip is. It's basically like a BP or it's like a, it's like a, it's a convenience store. It's a big convenience yeah. store. For some of you, it's probably like Race. Yeah. Race is one yeah, of the race big ones. Or um, what's the big one in Holiday. Chicago? What's um, the big one in Texas? I, my, my kids love Bucky's. Bucky's. Um. But way smaller than a Bucky's. Bucky's are giant. They're like a Walmart. Um, you can you can have someone go in and pick up your shitty dextrose burger and put some you know packets of ketchup in the bag with some packets of mustard. Wow! And they will deliver it to your front door. What is the uh, percentage that Eat Street takes? You know, I have no idea. Because uh, I'm curious. I mean, it's it's not a percentage. It's like it's a fee. So your your flat fee, your dollar ninety five burger might cost six bucks. Wow. And I mean, it's it's outrageous that it's outrageous that people do this with McDonald's. Right. But at least yeah. McDonald's is like a restaurant. When I heard it was gas station food, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And and, you know, Eat Street was founded in 2010. All of these 2010. So they started off as literally nothing. Kind of Instacart started from ex Amazon employee. Oh, was it? Just had that idea. Okay. Okay. With that distribution idea, and they're like, "Oh, why don't we take this to?" Uh, See, this is so funny. Deliveries. This is the difference between me and opportunistic people. I see this, and I'm like, Americans are so fucking lazy, and I go, I need to try to do my best to help fix that. Whereas these people are like. Americans are so fucking lazy. I'm capitalizing, yeah, capitalizing. on that shit. <laughs> I hear you there. And that's why I will forever be working to pay my bills because I refuse to capitalize. I was talking to a buddy the other day and he was talking about um he sent me this link actually I should have sent it to you about this uh this sultan or prince or king or whatever in the Middle East is building this 9-mile town. Have you seen this? It's no. like a 9-mile long 
maybe quarter mile wide town that sits all stacked on top of each other with mirrored walls on both sides so that it doesn't impact the environment. And, and he sent it to me and I'm like, yeah, dude, but that's like, they're going to control that entire thing. Like this is, this is some overwatch overlord bullshit. And he's like, what do you mean? And I started talking to him and he's like, and I was like, yeah, Americans are so fucking lazy. They just need everything delivered. And he starts getting into it. And he's like, yeah, everybody wants a pill. And and, and I instantly go to and I instantly go to like, yeah, you know, I'm doing my best to try to improve that. And he's like, yeah, or you could just design a pill. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to do that. But that's why this, you know, his family is vacations and, you know, the fucking Maldives and owns yeah. multiple properties in Hawaii. And I'm vacationing at Lake, you know, Devil's Lake. Because <laughs> they capitalize on this bullshit where I'm just like sitting here trying to do my best, trying oh. to inspire change in people. Yeah. Refusing to capitalize on them, refusing to tell them that it's okay to be fat. And that brings me to another one on my list. Oh. Where is it? Where is it? Obesity with- empowerment. Oh. Body yeah. positivity. Obesity empowerment. Yeah. You know, and oh gosh, it hits personally yesterday because somebody somebody who is just poor, just morbidly obese posted yesterday and I saw it and it's a friend. And it basically referred to some the the post referred to somebody singing something that said it was basically okay to be unhealthy. You know, it's not paraphrased like that, but that's basically the message is it's okay. Everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. So if you're unhealthy and overweight and they got problems, well, that's just you instead of what can you do about it? How can you be better? Body positivity and telling someone that it is okay to be unhealthy is like telling an alcoholic that they should keep drinking because they're more fun when they're drunk. Ah. That's a really good comparison. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're more fun when you're drunk. Don't quit drinking. Yeah. Ah, keep it's, killing. Going. it's killing you. You're ruining your family. You're ruining your life. You can't keep a job. But come on. You're way more fun to hang out with when you're drunk. Yeah. That's exactly it. No, don't be unhappy because you're overweight. Eat another fucking fried chicken bucket. Oh, Let's yeah. go. I like hanging out with you at the at the cookie store. Yeah. Plus size models. Let's it's okay. Go. That's how we should look, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's creating a new norm. Which brings me to the next thing is I think ten years ago we would have thought that, you know, we become Wally and everybody become obese, but what the data is showing right now is the younger generation that is coming up. I'm talking those that are in high school and up are starting to be the the ones that are showing up in all these gyms. Gym memberships have skyrocketed. And from our company alone, the commercial side is just skyrocketed after uh, uh, COVID. But you're seeing a lot of these kids show up. Granted, it's a little funny because, you know, they all got their short shorts on. They're all got their uh, tripods and they all want to become Instagram models. Maybe, maybe the rationale is because they, there's more exposure to them on social media. Now they want to better themselves. I don't know. So, so here, this, this comes back to my argument for electric cars, right? Is like, you could try to force everyone to eat healthy and work out, but it wouldn't work. But if you have sugar 
at the end of the stick, right? If you if you if you push that through it being cool, it's a lot fucking easier. Yeah. That's true. If we looked at if we looked at our energy issue like that, instead of jacking the price of gas up to make people to make, you know, battery powered cars more attractive, if we actually made battery powered cars work better and a lot cooler. Yeah. But activists don't care about the process. I know. They just want like the ideal, like Burger King, you know, have it your way right here, right now. You just said Burger, King. Burger King. You, you just said me, Burger King. You said something on your uh, reel that was like, you Ew. just said Burger King. What does Burger King have to do with whatever the hell you said? Oh, social distancing Burger King crowns. Yeah. What is okay? What pause. Are they, like, six feet dis- wide or what? Everybody, everybody. Um, I'm going to give you half a second. Push pause. Google Burger King social distancing crown. And then come back and push play. Sure. Yeah, you 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 got to Google this thing. So, and this isn't the only um, example of this. There's a lot of examples of restaurants, mostly in Europe, because Europeans are fucking insane. Restaurants that have some sort of headgear. Oh, geez, looks like a brick and weird sombrero. <laughs> it's a it's a three foot sombrero, so two people that have them on can't get within six feet of each other, and. There's what? examples of this all over Europe. People with pool noodles on their head with three foot on each side so that you can't come too close to somebody else because they have their three foot pool noodle on their head. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I'm not kidding you at all. These are real uh, things. Uh, no, I see the pictures. It's insane. Yeah, you guys should really uh, Google that real quick. It's pure stupidity. Yeah. And I thought people driving in their cars alone with a mask on were bad. Yeah. No, the social distancing crown might take the cake. How about this one? If you told me in 2010, let's go earlier than 2010, right? Let's go year 2000. If you told me in year 2000 that Bill Cosby would be a convicted rapist that then gets (laughs) out on a technicality, what would you have done? Would you have laughed? That was America's dad. Yeah. America's dad liked to give him a little date rape drug, a little. A little foo-foo drink. Uh, yeah, that's Hollywood for you, man. And it, this could go back to the <laughs> one episode that uh, we talked about with child trafficking here. There's so many people tied into that. Um kind of interested in why um, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted, but nobody on the list was ever released. Because as long as she stays quiet, her life is safe. So what happens if the names are released anyway? Then she's going to die. After they're released? Yeah. She's keeping quiet to keep herself alive. All right. Well, I guess maybe she's enjoying prison, I guess, for the next 25 years. Yeah. Or she'll probably get let out early, but. She'll either get let out earlier or who knows what her prison is actually like. You know, she could be completely living a normal life inside of a penthouse behind bars. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That would make sense. Depends who depends how many of the names she knows and how and what yeah. she has for proof. If she's got the mm. right proof and the right names, she'll be just fine. Wow. Yeah. All right, I guess. Because all you gotta do all you have to do is set that up to a intelligent enough steps, right? If I die, there are six people who I have zero connection to 
that have all this information that will release it without, you know, discrimination. And all this information will come out, all these names, all this proof. It's copied six times. You'll never find these people because other than face-to-face connection, I've never even contacted them online. And uh, I mean, the minute that that's set up, you're safe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. Anyway. Get back. Ten years ago, we didn't think we'd have personal robots. Personal robots. Yes. By personal robots, I'm talking about Alexa and Siri. Yeah, well, and with, amongst other things, the Internet of Things, right? People don't understand the Internet of Things. Like, this is where we're at today. If you take, what is the, what is the number where the computing power doubles every two years? You know, that John something number. Anyways, it's the growth curve, yeah. right? And it's exponentially grows because the computing power double computing. I think the way that the number is 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 set is the computing power for nine hundred dollars doubles every two years. So if you take that and extrapolate what we have now of the Internet of Things, right? What how many how much shit is in your house is connected to your internet? You know, and you're not even like this isn't even like a oh, super yeah. advanced house, but you've got your doorbell, you've got your printer, all your computers, your phone, you've got Maybe not your car, but a lot of people's cars, right? Yeah, I got my thermostat. Thermostat. You've got Alexa. You've got Siri. You've yeah. got maybe not your refrigerator, but a ton of refrigerators. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got your, a lot of people have the, the digital lights that they can turn on and off. Like you have all this shit, right? Oh yeah. My garage doors. Yep. Yep. So then you think about all this stuff. And when that gets, when we have the computing power to actually take that and start manipulating it. Yeah. Come on, man. They're going to know. They're going to know what you search, what you think, what you read, how you keep your house temperatured, when your lights are on, when your lights are off, when your garage door opened, when it closes, when you cook your food, what goes into your refrigerator because they'll have it linked to your credit card. So they'll know what you purchased. Like, dude. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, they know probably everything I bought from Amazon, so. How about safe spaces? Safe spaces? Safe spaces. Yeah, I'd never thought of that, but yeah, that's that's true. Real places. Schools have safe spaces now. Real places for you to go when your feelings have been hurt or you yeah. feel emotionally attacked by an idea. Yeah. Is there one around here? I, it was, I, who knows? The, I, the, the problem with this isn't like a safe space. When you think of safe, you think of not being harmed right that's the that's like the definition of safe you can't be harmed but having a safe space from ideas and from words is a way of saying that words and ideas can harm you yeah words and ideas that's the most that's the most ridiculous part of this whole idea is that words and ideas cannot emotionally damage or hurt you they can't (laughs) like colleges throughout the history of our educational system, colleges were a place of radical ideas on all sides, right? Like it, it, it is a place where radical ideas would kind of either rise to the surface or wash out because they were, they were inspected and dug into and argued and negotiated and debated. And that's where, that's where a lot of our, of our intelligence and a lot of our advancement came from. And now we're to a point where colleges have safe spaces 
because someone that has an idea that you disagree with has the ability to emotionally damage you. No, you dumb fuck. (laughs) That's where you're supposed to be able to stand your ground and argue your point, not turn your back and walk away with a fucking safe shield on your back. Yeah. This is where you grow. This is where you learn. This is where you open your mind. This is where you entrench your ideas. This is where you you develop the ability to be able to empower yourself and stand on your own side with your own verbal, mental and emotional weapons to go back at shitty ideas like. There is a large group of intelligent, empowered African-American people in our country that agree that while the KKK is completely fucked up, they have to legally be able to have those ideas so that we can battle those ideas and put them down in their place. Because the minute that that all of a sudden becomes illegal, it goes underground. Yeah. I don't even know if the KKK is still around. Yeah, I don't know either, but I know that I've read a ton about um a specific group of people who understand like we need to be able to have shitty ideas and debate them and especially stuff like that right like yeah but there's no room for debate and a lot of these safe spaces that are, that are going into even elementary schools they're not calling them safe spaces they're calling them meditation rooms but hold on because meditation rooms are great when you're meditating yeah but you can't just run to a meditation room because you've been offended and you just need to take deep breaths. Oh, that's a weird one because I don't want to get rid of the meditation room because honestly, like mindfulness meditation is probably one of the most powerful things that could be taught in schools. Yeah, but, you know, meditation, you don't need to have a room in school to do that. I think that's something you should learn to practice at home. Look at me. Learn to practice at home. Have you seen the fucking parents? This isn't being taught at home. I know. Then somebody's got to teach their phones. Their parents can't even get off their phones and look at their fucking kids. I support meditation being taught in schools. And if the meditation rooms are being used for meditation, then I support it. If they're used for meditation and there's some formal education on, on doing it. They're, they are. And sure. Like my, like they're, my daughter is, is learning mindfulness, learning meditation in school. So, okay. Well, my son's learning mindfulness because I know they... There's a, a lot preached at school about that, but but I think those uh, meditation rooms are used more for safe spaces. I don't know. Because these kids get offended. All of a sudden I challenge that idea. I challenge that idea. Yeah. We, what else we got? Oh, announcing your pronouns. Did you see Miss Kamala Harris's? Yeah, and then she has a blue suit on. Did yeah. you see she had a blue suit on or not? So, Rogan brought this up two years ago. When this started in Silicon Valley, when the when the online meetings really became popular, right, because of covid, he he had a bunch of examples of these meetings. And this is how people would announce themselves that exactly that exact way that she said yeah, that two years ago. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So that's that where one. it started. It started with one specific organization. It may have been Microsoft um, and I am Allie. My pronouns are she, her. I'm speaking from, you know, the right corner of the table. I have a red blazer with black pants on. Because they don't have video on or something? It's the specific. I have no fucking idea what the idea behind this is. That's weird. Okay. But 
He brought this up. We all laughed. Ha ha ha. This is ridiculous. And now the vice president of our country has signed into this wokeness. What, what did Rogan present it as? Something that's going to like a joke, basically, like he doesn't present anything, right? Like somebody brought it up and he's like, wait, what? And then they showed like a bunch of examples of it and he's just laughing at it. You know, oh, this is yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous Silicon Valley bullshit. Haha, this will never go anywhere. Yeah. Until wow. it does. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand any significance of it at all. If it adds value to a conversation, it really doesn't. So. So, all I can say, how about the the uh, the Simpsons? Oh my God! All the stuff that's on the Simpsons that's come true. Yeah, so I have the question: act- How is that even possible? These are, <sighs> these are not like Harvard educated. But part writers. of it, part of it, I feel like has to be they've made so many episodes with so many things that it's like when you drive a blue Ford Escape. You see a hundred blue Ford escapes, whatever that phenomena is called. Like it's it's a it's a psychological phenomena. You know, when, you, know, when something happens, when you pinpoint accurately that like Donald Trump becomes president. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff on there is but he talked, so. But he talked accurate. about it in the eighties, eighties and nineties. He talked about becoming president. He, he was interviewed, and he's just like, "Oh, if it ever got to that point where I needed to." So right there, all they had to do is watch that interview once, and they're like, "Haha, this is funny. Let's make an episode about this." <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think, I think it's it. it I think it really do think it's that phenomenon. It's that phenomenon where you know, once you buy something, you then see it everywhere, and it's once it once it happened, then we're looking for it, right? And the Simpsons have had. How many episodes? How many episodes of The Simpsons? They're they still cooking right now, so I can't even. Thousands of, of episodes, and you know, out of a thousand, if ten percent of them had a right premise, you know, that's how many? It's a hundred. It's a hundred yeah. right, correct premises. Yeah, unless people are acting out the Simpsons thing, I don't know. No, nobody's acting out the fucking <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah, something is that's just crazy. How about the government quits denying aliens? Yeah, have they really? Yeah, they quit denying aliens. They they basically went to a. It's not like they opened up hangar. Uh, there's nothing in there anymore, anyway. one. There's nothing in there anymore, anyways. They come out and say we have metals from crafts. I think was their terminology produced not on this world. I, yeah. Right. That's some government uh, mumbo jumbo yeah. bullshit right there. But it makes you start to think about like Bob Lazar's story and think about legitimately, maybe he was working on anti gravity propulsion devices in the fucking 80s because he was working on this. They brought him in because he was a rocket scientist and, and a really creative thinker. Yeah. And then he started seeing some really fucked up stuff. And came out about it, and they completely discredited him and ruined his life. Hmm. Right? Not saying that they say that they exist, but they basically quit denying they exist. They release the Tic Tac footage. They release all this stuff from all these Air Force pilots. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I'm not against that there's aliens, but I mean, until we see, I guess, solid evidence and, you know, 
close encounters of a third kind, like, you know, all over the place and consistent reporting. Well, so realistically, at that point, we're fucked because think about what we do to animals. We put them in zoos. And realistically, if there is an alien race that has gotten here. That means they're with with, they're out of our area of sight. Right. So that means that they are technologically much more advanced to us. Yeah. Didn't you watch that documentary Independence Day? That documentary. Yeah. We're going to be in zoos. So good luck. Oh, let's hope. Uh, what's his name? Uncle, uh, whatever from, uh, uh, Christmas, uh, vacation. Transgender sports competition. Oh, yeah. It's going to be short lived. Come on. Come on. You know, they tried to, uh, what crown the woman of the year NCAA woman of the year to Leah Thomas. And, and Leah Thomas got is squashed. Leah Thomas is the uh, oh, he's transgender. He's the he's a male dude. He's 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 swimming in the female ranks because he identifies as a female. But have you ever seen him with his swimsuit on? I mean, it's obviously he's got the junk hanging there. It's basically a a dude dressed up like a lady at six foot whatever. At such a massive advantage. See, to we're laughing gals. at this now, but this is real. I know it's this real. This is real. It's, it's laughable. There's so much shit that's laughable nowadays. A and and this one has been has been blown out of proportion to the point that it's past comedy, it's past satire. But a very bad, very bad, very subpar MMA fighter identifies as a woman. Starts on hormone therapy and just starts fucking chicks up. <laughs> the, oh. Starts fucking up some of the best female fighters in MMA. Yeah. Did but it's ever, okay. Yeah. But it's Did okay. You see that other documentary, South Park? <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage identifies as a female. Oh. Uh, Pop from Snap Crackle Pop is now transgender. No, he's not. From the Rice Krispies, Google it. What? Pop from Snap Crackle Pop is Where, like a Ellen that? DeGeneres looking transgender. Now, dude, it's gonna come up. Just watch. Start typing Snap Pop Rice Krispies. Is it Snap or Pop? Oh, Pop, I think. The trans woman. There it is. Wokeness. Kellogg's okay. is woke. Kellogg's. If you guys don't know the history of Kellogg's, Kellogg's cereal was invented by the Kellogg's brothers to be the most bland cereal in the fucking world so that you didn't get excited and want to be sexual during the day. That was the idea behind the original Kellogg cereal because he was a, what is a Puritanist or whatever they are. They were uh, a Puritan. Okay. I'm looking at the them.us is the website for the they them whatever okay so the liberals like snopes are saying that this is an alt-right rumor really no pop the rice krispies mascot is not a trans woman even cnn says kellogg spokesperson announces the rice krispies mascot pop is now a trans woman ap has also confirmed that the image and headline were both fabricated Oh no, I got taken by internet trolls. Ooh. That's from the them.us, the they, them. Uh. Come on, did I get really taken? 
I got taken. Thank goodness I don't buy Rice Krispies. I buy Koala Crisp. The healthy version of that, by the way. Koala Crisps. Crisps. <laughs> it tastes pretty damn good. All My right. kid likes them. I take that back. Ooh, damn it. cleared that up, man. Damn it. That one was a good one, though. But 50% of the characters in the new Thor movie are gay because Disney is woke. Oh, thank you. I was I did not know that, but I was uh, trying to explain to my kid that so he wanted to watch Thor. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting sick of these. Uh, these movies are all about the message, or they're starting to lose the plot because they're trying so hard to just slip all that in there. Yep, we've got a gay black woman, and the stone guy is from a planet where there's only men, and when they want to have a stone baby. They take each other hand in hand and go down to the lava pit and sit for weeks until a stone baby is produced. So I'm going to call that gay. Like it's two dudes. Really? It's fine. Like I, it's whatever. But it's just the, the fact that of 50% of the main characters are gay in a wow. movie. Stone dude, man. How they get to screw him up? He was just a funny old dude. Well, he's from a planet with only dudes and to reproduce and go further into the you know and and to evolve you have to only the ones that are going to reproduce are going to make it so they learned how to hold hands and make stone babies oh my goodness joe exotic joe exotic yeah reality tv in general but reality tv is so old that like i feel i feel like maybe that one doesn't work because we could, totally could have extrapolated out how shitty like real world was. Yeah. And been like, oh, yeah, I totally could see a guy, a super, super flamboyantly gay guy who raises tigers and marries young straight men with no teeth could be a reality <laughs> TV star. All right. So I take that one off my list, too. Oh, that's crazy. Dr. Seuss books. Yeah. Got pulled because of wokeness. Episodes of Bluey, the cartoon got pulled because of racial connotations. Bluey. Is he a freaking dog? I don't know what Bluey is. Yeah, I think he's a dog. Oh, okay. Kids are older now, so I can't. But just the woke just the wokeness of of cartoons and how like things that were never even written to be like that, right? Like the Asian guy with the hat on. We pulled an entire book because an Asian guy had traditional Asian clothes on. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And have you ever seen that clip that's online where basically dude dresses up in a sombrero, the white dude dressed up in a sombrero, fake, uh, thick, you know, Hispanic mustache. And uh, I don't know what that thing called that Latinos or traditional Mexicans wear that looks like a blanket. Oh, it looks like a blanket. Yeah. I don't know what it's called either. So he dresses up as that and he goes and walks around. Uh, I think it's in California. Yeah. And interviews people and all these white people are like oh that's offensive and why would you wear that and blah 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 blah. so then he takes the next step and he goes into um the hispanic area okay and hispanics were all like oh i like that oh that's pretty cool and all positive responses so you know i think the same thing if you had somebody dress up in traditional asian garb and you went into chinatown and you're a white person people are like oh well he's trying to you know reach out it's kind of like White people going to, uh, you know, a wedding of a different ethnicity and just making some effort 
to blend in, not to make fun of, but you know, hey, they're trying, right? Yeah, what do they call that? They call that um oh fudge. I forgot what it's called. Where they are are cultural person? appropriation. Oh, is that called cultural call? appropriation? What? Oh. Cultural appropriation has rules to it. And you will only be called out for cultural appropriation if you are not super woke. Like Justin Trudeau is super woke. So it's okay that he wore brown face. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get called out for it. Well, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, Adele the, got called out for it because she wore a Jamaican bikini and had Jamaican little bun hair. And I'm not going to lie. Adele is next on my list because she got skinny shamed. If you told me that Adele, first of all, got skinny. In two year 2010, I would be like, well, maybe. And then she got shamed for it because she got too skinny and kind of hot, actually. Like she's I don't know how she lost weight and kept her cans. But if you look at that yeah. picture of her in the Jamaican bikini. Yeah. She had it going on. But she got shamed. Got shamed because it shows people that it's possible if you just work hard and they really don't want to work hard. So they just want to be OK with being obese. But they want everybody else to be OK with it. Yeah. You but know. then Jonah Hill lost weight and forgot how to be funny. Is it really? No, he's not funny anymore. Well, he hasn't been in any movies. Yeah, exactly. Because right? he forgot how to be funny. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. Yeah. Right. So anyway, you know, when you're talking about Justin Trudeau, um, this goes further back than 10 years. Uh, did you know the Canadian government was so paranoid about homosexuality? Yes, it's on my list. That the term gaydar. Yes, that's on my that's list. That's where gaydar started. And they fired a bunch of people. Yeah. They fired 400 people that failed their gaydar test. Yeah. And that's based on the it's not if their pupils would dilate based on when, when they no saw questions. sexual imagery. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we, oh, we were going to get into conspiracy theories that came true. Shit. We got like four minutes. All right. You give me your top two conspiracy theories that came true. Top two. Yeah. Um, I would say one that people can look up and it's interesting is the conspiracy theory of a secret society that rules the world, the Illuminati. So. And the Illuminati is tied to the NSA, what's called the National Security Agency, for those that don't know. So do this when you have free time is take the Illuminati, spell it backwards, and do, I think it's the Illuminati, spelled backwards, dot com, in your browser, and it'll take you to the NSA site. But I could set that up. You could. All you'd have to do is buy that domain. And put a web forwarder on it. You could. But just for fun. Okay. What else you got? Give me another one. Okay. I'll give you a better one. Oh. Did you know the Dalai Lama had a yes. six-figure salary? Yes. $180,000 a yeah. year. I don't know why. Everything I got is tied to the alphabet agency. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They was- were paying the Dalai Lama one hundred eighty grand a year. Just to disrupt the Chinese government and their growing infrastructure. Yeah. So you don't think Dude, that that's there's some government nasty CIA yeah. shit. Yeah. How about this one? The CIA started fake vaccine clinics 
to get DNA from all the locals in Afghanistan to get Osama bin Laden's DNA so that they could track him. Yeah. Fake vaccine clinics. Put it past him. They, had, wow. they admitted to it. And, but, and, but then they said, we would never do it again. It was just because it was Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Bullshit. Would never do it again. Now that is what we call a play in your motherfuckers playbooks. Yeah, exactly. How about so, MK Ultra and mind control? Oh, I think I got that in here somewhere. So if you guys have not read the chaos, the Charles Manson story, oh my God, you guys have got to read it. It take take a week and read this book. What what this author did is spent twenty years investigating Charles Manson and then his past, his history, how he did what he did. And then his connection to the CIA. Holy shit. Basically the idea is that he learned everything he knew about controlling humans from the CIA because he was in their early mind control experiments, which we have already, this has already been like proven. They had houses that they paid for in San Francisco that were basically drug houses so that they could like bring in all these all these hippies, feed them LSD and basically develop a way to 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 control people's mind through. Mental training and drug use combined. Yeah. And he learned that and then developed into the Charles Manson that we know today. Well, you know, then. Yeah. He learned that from our government. That was my number one. That was your number one? Yep. My number... This, this one I never heard of, but this one's really interesting, is the Operation Snow White. You know what Operation Snow White no. is? So you know what Scientology is? Yeah. Right? So the high ups in Scientology implemented Operation Snow White. And what Operation Snow White was, was I think somewhere around 4,000 Scientology operators, right? So they were Scientologists, Scientologists that pretended not to be, got jobs throughout government agencies, throughout 150 different government agencies, and then scrubbed the government data of anything negative about Scientology or about their founder. Ooh. Speaking of playbooks, thousands (laughs) of people. There's only 50 states. Take 4,000 people and divide them amongst 50 states. And that's how many people you had in each individual state. You know, probably not exactly, but working for the government with the sole purpose to scrub the government's data books of any negatives about Scientology. Well, yeah said and speaking of plays in a playbook i think that's been used over and over 1984 yeah rewrite the history yep um probably the last uh conspiracy theory that's going on right now is uh rigged elections oh i don't know how i feel about this one i don't you don't no i don't know how i feel about this um, one um in regards to the current midterms oh i feel like there's a problem on the far right completely convinced that it's a concerted effort with a small amount of people that are like actually committing fraud where they're like counting giant chunks of votes that weren't real or 
running, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of extra ballots. And I, I honestly, in my heart of heart, through all the research I've done, do not think that is the problem. I think that what that's doing is that's creating a smokescreen that's stopping us from looking at the real problems, which some of the real problems are in scrupulous mailing of ballots. Right. Because this is the one thing that I say, did did, did a bunch of people get together and rig an election? I don't think so. But what I think did happen is I think across the country, you had families. Let's say you have a family of seven different voting age Americans, right, that get ballots sent to their house. Of those many people, how many would actually vote? I don't know the answer to that, but it's not seven because the amount of people that actually turn out for a vote is a percentage and sometimes a small percentage, especially when we talk midterms. Right. But then you have the one super empowered 21 year old college student who takes all seven of those ballots and fills them out. Yeah, that one person got six extra votes. Big deal. What happens when 100,000 people do that around the United States? That's what I think happened. That's where I think the actual swaying of vote or, you know, quote unquote voter fraud happened was in those situations. Yeah, a lot of voter fraud building up into one large chunk. Yeah, a lot of little frauds creating a swaying action, not big, you know, pallets of votes were lost. I don't think that that is the problem. Uh, Mine goes back to. What we talked about yesterday, I think you saw it on uh, Crenshaw's feed somewhere. But you got these super PACs paying a ton of money to basically split votes or to put a weaker uh, right candidate in there. So is that that's not fraud. That is a playbook. That is a play. That's a manipulation. That's that's manipulation. That is that is not having values. That make you win properly. That is being okay with dirty wins. Yeah. And so explain what Crenshaw was talking about. The what Crenshaw was talking about is so right now everybody's in the Democratic and Republican primaries, which means you're getting down to who the final candidate is going to be to run for governor or run for, you know, different uh, elected offices. Well, what's happening is these super PACs are pumping in millions and millions of dollars depending on the area. So I think I believe that. One was either Colorado or Texas that, you know, got 32 million to basically bring a ton of advertising in. And it's the same type of advertising saying that, oh, this person, the person that they're trying to keep out, this person's so far right that, you know, they believe in this and, you know, absolutely no um, provisions in for abortions. You know, every hot topic that's been brought up in the last few weeks. So what that does is emotionally charges the right side who are voting in these primaries to basically vote for the weaker opponent that Democrats going to have to go into so or go up against. And this is what happened in Illinois is the weaker um, candidate now is going to go up against the Democrat candidate who basically is a lot stronger, who's going to garner more votes. So the idea here is, is like you have a you have a moderate Republican candidate and then you have an extreme right Republican candidate and they know that they can beat the extreme right Republican Republican candidate. Exactly, yeah. And so what they do is they put an advertisement out there that seems like it's on their side. It seems like, okay, John C. wants zero gun control. John C. wants no legal abortion. So what their idea is, is they they are 
pushing these conservative button points to say, like, this guy is too cool. He wants you to be able to have all the guns and wants nobody to be able to kill babies and wants a border wall built. Right. So they're they're emotionally charging people like, yeah, yeah, I want all that stuff. I'm voting for John C. I don't want, you know, Bill B because Bill B is a moderate Republican and Bill B might want some, you know, rapists, rape victims to be able to get abortions. Fuck that. Yeah. Bill B wants, you know, some sort of regulation on on immigrants but he doesn't necessarily want no immigration fuck that i want john c and so they know that they can beat the extreme right republican versus a more moderate republican and the way crenshaw even puts it is is we need those democratic seats with a moderate republican that may vote with us 80 percent of the time much more than we need those Democratic seats to stay Democratic when they're going to vote with us zero percent of the time. Like there needs to be some sort of of ability to understand that a half of a win is better than a loss. Right. Unless somehow you have a decent, you know, Democrat that's in there. But, you know, the only moderate Democrat that's in there right now is Manchkin. So. What are you going to do? Yeah. But that's, you know, from an administration that complains about that, oh, every time something comes up, that's a threat to our democracy, which, you know, none of it ever is. But yet on the backside, they're being hypocrites and playing this out with the elections. I mean, that's that's taking away the voice of the people. That's steering the voice of the people to what they want. Look at the polls, Jack. <laughs> Everybody and oh, 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 peak oil. Peak oil. That's my last one. Shit, we're at an hour 10 already. Peak oil. Peak oil. You remember when they're talking about peak oil? We're going to get to a point where we use all the oil. We're not, we're not going to have any more oil. Yeah. This is not a thing. I had no idea. Not that it invades my thinking space every day, but it, all of a sudden I came across and I started researching the other day. There, our planet is creating more oil than we could ever use. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it doesn't create carbon emissions and it's, you know, fucking up the environment, whatever. Like that's a whole different argument. But the initial argument of peak oil that like we all heard when we were in school is bullshit. Not a thing. Yeah. There you go. That's my last one. All right. That's a wrap. All right.